All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Can you see it? Did you notice? Check, but the puck comes right to Pedersen, who tries a bank pass for Bester. In with a shot, he scores! A moment's notice. It arms You're listening to Canucks Conversation. Quinn Hughes, the reporter here. Like, I don't, I won't cover the Canucks. Yeah. I cover Quinn Hughes and what he's doing to the Canucks. A member of the Nation Network of Podcasts and delivered by DoorDash. Just wave the guy and get Demko involved. I wanted them in and down. Wow. We should do a radio show together. <laughs> right on. I want to fist bump you right now. What Pearl steals, cutting in, shoots, scores! Don't waste all the good stuff on the off air. Let's go. Hello, Canucks fans, and welcome back to another episode of the Canucks Conversation, brought to you by the great folks at Zephyr Epic. You can use promo code Hockey Season, capital H, capital S, all one word, hockey season at zephyrepic.com. That 
We'll get you $5 off your order. They ship free anywhere in Canada on orders over $50. Chris, tell the people where they can get it shipped from. Yeah, okay. I got a real good one. Okay. Okay. From Vernon to Viking. Wow. Viking, Alberta. Viking is the hometown of uh, either Jay Beagle or Brandon Sutter. One really? of the two. Yeah. No, I think it's I think it's Sutter is from Both Viking. Both of them. No, I think Beagle's from Calgary. Okay. And Sutter is from Viking. Viking, regardless, Alberta. Regardless, lots of good stuff going on at ZephyrEpic.com. Go check them out. You can go buy any kind of training card you want. Like they've got Pokemon. They got Yu-Gi-Oh. We had a little talk about this on a couple episodes ago. Obviously, they've got the hockey cards. They got the baseball cards, the, the basketball cards, the football cards. Everything you need is at ZephyrEpic.com. Go check them out again. Magic. Don't forget about Magic the Gathering. People love their Magic yeah. the Gathering cards. Don't I never played it at all, though. Me neither, but nope. don't don't sleep on Magic the Gathering regardless. So yeah, use promo code HockeySeason at ZephyrEpic.com. Also, go check out their retail store in Surrey. Go check them out, ZephyrEpic.com. Follow them on all platforms, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all that fun stuff. Go follow ZephyrEpic. We are also delivered to you by the great folks at DoorDash. Use promo code ConvoDD, capital C, capital Ds, all one word, ConvoDD on DoorDash. That will get you 25% off and free delivery on the DoorDash app for your first order. First order through the DoorDash app. Use promo code ConvoDD. Capital C. Capital D's. All one word. My name is David Quadrelli. People have been asking about uh, the double D's on the ConvoDD. And uh, it's for DoorDash, people. It's for DoorDash. ConvoDD. Our show is called Canucks Convo. DoorDash is DD. So people out there, they got their dirty little minds. It's ConvoDD for DoorDash. Thank you for clarifying that. I don't know what I would have done without it. You're welcome. My name is David Quadrelli. I'm joined, as always, by the man who built the place, Chris Faber, wearing high socks and shorts. Yeah. Chris Faber. I'm wearing shorts today. What's with the look today? December 17th, I do not have any clean pants. I've I been uh, slouching on the laundry the last couple days. So, yeah, I'm wearing shorts and extremely high socks. I got to post this with no caption on Twitter. This will be good. will see it now. Perfect, yeah. And then they'll, they'll go and look at it. Um, later on awesome yeah people are gonna like uh the shorts look i guess yeah it's quite a look that you got going on so yeah i've posted it rate the look on a scale of one to ten i put out uh you got a zero so far first reply is from steve at scenes jeet uh which is great that he replied to that well i just saw a 10 so that's good did you did you get a 10 yep wow oh it's from you well, you gave what? yourself a 10 Whatever. I'm comfortable as all heck right now. Yeah. Just like the Canucks are right now. I was just six about to say. Six-game win streak. Six-game win streak for these Vancouver Canucks under Bruce Boudreau and Chris. We broke it down in the last episode. Folks, if you haven't listened to episode 222, we did some... We pulled out the old whiteboard. That's what I like to say. We pulled out the whiteboard, explained the Canucks forecheck, and Mike Kelly uh, did a fantastic breakdown on NHL Network of what's changed under the Canucks. And there are some numbers here. Uh, that I did want to just kind of touch on because we've been talking about Boudreaux and how he's changed the Canucks and like what what does that actually look like and again like this was pointed out by Satyar Shah the other day like everything that happened in the way the Canucks were playing before it wasn't all on Travis Green like there was a mantra from the organization from up top of how they wanted to play like that that's what Sat was talking about yesterday and it's important that we remember that we're not just you know, just dragging on Travis Green or dragging on Jim Benning or regardless, right? But this is what we're talking about when we talk about how the team's been playing. And these numbers are are from when when Travis Green was coaching the team 
and when Bruce Boudreaux was coach, coaching the team and when, when everything kind of changed, right? So ozone possession, fifth in the league under Travis Green for ozone time, okay? with This is a ranking among the NHL, fifth, 17th under Boudreaux. So at first you look at that and you say, oh, what the heck? Like, why did it get worse? And it's because they're attacking a lot more. And they're not cycling the puck around as much. It's not shooting the damn puck. That's all exactly. Bruce Boudreaux wants. And and here's here's the stats that really matter, folks, to me at least. The regroup quick up percentage. So how quickly they're getting the puck up the ice. Nineteenth in the league under Boudreaux, first in the NHL. Or sorry, nineteenth under Green, first in the NHL under Boudreaux. Wow. First. Like first in the league. <clears throat> Neutral zone, north pass completion percentage. Okay. 31st in the league under Travis Green, 4th in the NHL under Bruce Boudreaux over this span. Regroup to ozone ozone possession numbers, 31st in the league under Travis Green, 3rd under Bruce Boudreaux. Yeah, I mean, it's you can obviously see it. Like the, those numbers are great, and that's nice to see that the eye test is telling you something different. Because man, this looks like a way different team at how they not only attack the offensive zone but get the puck out of their own defensive zone as well. Like it's great because you can see it. Obviously, when you're watching the game, you're saying, "Wow, this is a very different team." It feels like a different way of attacking and moving the puck up ice, and it's it's just so simple, right? It feels like the the stat that you mentioned there about possession in the offensive zone. We're seeing so much more now and not, I don't think it's like seeped into the power play just yet. Cause the power play is still passing the puck maybe a little bit too much, but you can say that. But at the same time, beautiful pass again yesterday uh, to set up the Horvat goal as well. So that was beautiful. But when they're in the offensive zone, Brock Besser is the guy who you can notice it the most with just shooting from everywhere. And that's the thing is on our, on our show notes here, we have Besser so hot right now as the main talking point that we want to talk about, about this six win streak. And folks like we just broke down like kind of, I just threw out numbers basically of how the Canucks are attacking. And when I say those numbers, if you think about it, and then go watch the games, and and especially the one I'm looking at a lot here is the neutral zone north pass completion, right? And the quick ups, that sort of thing, and them being first in the league in quick up percentage. Um, that's the way Brock Besser's scoring. Like Brock Besser isn't just scoring because oh he's a coach killer and he has his confidence back under a new coach. Nope, that's not it. He is playing a system right now that greatly benefits him. It's not like Brock Besser wasn't trying before, like. I haven't seen it out there, but I never want to see the narrative that, oh, well, the players just weren't trying for Travis. They were trying. They wanted to win games. It was bleak. They were upset that they weren't winning games and they were trying their best. Brock Bester right now is playing in a system that greatly benefits him and makes him an effective five-on-five scorer once again, like he did in 2019-20. Because, folks, the way we're seeing the Canucks play right now is very similar to how they played under Travis Green in 2019-20 when they made the playoffs. Yeah, they're letting their young guys go out and and play and be, you know, be creative offensively and just shoot the puck a lot more. Like with Brock Bester, this is uh, back to back games now where he's had ten shot attempts or more. Like in these past two games on this uh, at the end of this six game win streak right now, like it's exactly what you want to see for Bester. It's not like oh, it's great you saw him get back to back games with ten shot attempts. It's like no, that should be what Brock Bester is doing every night. Like Brock Bester should be taking at least ten shots. Every night, he's not going to be hitting the net on every single one of them. Maybe he only gets five or four on net, but he should at least be attempting 10 shots a night. 
absolutely and like look it's 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 almost as simple but it's also not as simple as just shoot the puck and that's what bruce butcher told brock besser to do that's what he's doing right now one of the hottest scores in the nhl i'll tell you what he's making my daily face-off column my weekly column that i usually end up doing on like saturday night yep he's making it really easy to do this week i've already got two two guys who are on the hot list it's the who's hot who's not that i do for daily face-off every sunday check it out but it's been a lot of Canucks on the cold side. First time ever that I think I'm putting a Canuck in the hot side. And I'm putting two. I'm putting Thatcher Demko and Brock Besser. And let's talk a little bit about Thatcher Demko. Are you done with Besser? Do you have anything else you want to say? No, I mean, it's just it's just about the him taking so many more shots. It's like you saw it last night where when he's confident and he's shooting the puck that often, it's great because it's just like you saw those two shots that he took. Absolute snipes. And that's from confidence and that's from shooting the puck. Two things that you need to see under Brock Bester and two things that he's getting from Bruce Boudreaux. So the more he shoots the puck and the more his confidence continues to grow, that's actually our poll question, which we'll get to on the second half of the episode. But it's it's exactly what you want to see like when the confidence is coming. And he talked about it last night when I asked him in the post-game media about it, just saying that like, hey, like it looked like your line was confident not only in the offensive zone, but transitioning the puck from the defensive zone to the offensive zone, defending in your own zone. It felt like they broke up cycles really good. And I'll tell you, like the four checking that that trio did last night was, or on Thursday night was incredible. Like they, they forced turnovers. They created their own goals. It was just uh, an excellent performance to start to finish from that line. And we're starting to see like JT Miller looks like he can play center under Bruce Boudreaux, which is a big worry for everyone. I, I really liked that line. Uh, the other night here, uh, so it was good to good little showing for them as they beat uh, beat up on San Jose Sharks. Yeah, but yeah, we can go to Demko now. Do you want to hit your goalie segment? You haven't hit that thing in a while. No, I don't really have too much to say. Like, I, just say yeah, what? It's it's a good excuse to hit the button. Yeah, people I hit people miss the intro, but like do they, miss they the don't button. miss the segment at all. They don't miss the segment, but they, they miss, miss the, the intro. Button. So we'll we'll hit that button. All right. Oh yeah, you, yeah, you shouldn't you shouldn't have done that public knowledge. That's uh, that's a big no no. I don't know. No, I, I can't really give the time and date, or else I feel like Nona's shoe will be flying across <laughs> North America, waiting to hit me in the head. We think we spent half an hour talking about a backup goaltender. All right, get out of here, Woodley. All right. Favor's going to be. Favor's going to be very pissed. So you know, I don't like to say bad things about goaltenders. So we're actually going to bounce all over the place a little bit here because. As I hit that button, I realized on the last episode, I said there was something I was going to talk about. I tweeted about it a little bit. People want to hear about it. So we're going to talk about it, and then we're going to jump back to the performance against San Jose. I have a few thoughts on that. We're going to talk about that right after, but this is the goaltending segment. Can we use the Sportsnet voice guy on the podcast? I feel like we get in trouble for that, right? Maybe. Maybe we should ask Cam. Sure. What is it on there? No, it's not on there. Oh, I was going to say, I don't think so. Dude. But it'd be cool to have it on there because when we were on Sportsnet on the Canucks warm up with Faber and Quads, we have, like, when, when I hit that button or when the producer hits that button, Greg, it always Frickin says Greg in the at goalie the end, segment. it says at the end, it's time for goalie talk in the Sportsnet voice guy. I can get someone else to do the voice too, though. We can, we can add that in there. Yeah, but not the Sportsnet voice guy. Yeah, I know some, I know some I voice guys, though. way too much. Maybe okay. Al Murdoch will do it for us. No, uh, no, Al's a TTP Al's, guy. Al is TTP, but maybe he'll do a goalie talk segment intro. Maybe, maybe. we'll see. I don't know. I I love sitting in the press box and looking up and seeing Al because like 
Sometimes. That, you know what's so cool about that is when you look up there and Al's talking in the loudspeaker and you see his mouth moving. Yeah. It's, it's, I don't it's know wild. what it is. It's just, you know, the way that guy talks, I tell you. It's so cool. All right. I'm not going to jack your uh, your goalie segment up here. You want you got a couple things, and I, I got I a do. couple things as well. And, and I'm actually going to kind of throw to you and point to you a lot in this because you're the one that's boots on the ground in Abbotsford. You know a lot more about this. But Spencer Martin getting some starts in Abbotsford. Yeah. Uh Elliot Friedman was reporting on 31 thoughts that, or 32 thoughts rather, excuse me, that taxi squads with the growing COVID situation in the NHL, and we'll get to a, a little bit more on that later because the Leafs have some positive tests that we got to talk about. Yeah, We're gonna, here we go again. Yeah, right. But taxi squads could be coming back to the NHL. Uh, that might be one of the changes in protocol. We don't know what else there's going to be. Canucks captain Bo Horvat said he would welcome any changes to the protocol because obviously these guys don't want to get sick again in the situation that the Canucks had. Very close call, obviously, uh, with four players testing positive. Tucker Pullman tested negative twice. There's actually a lot to get to, and I keep going off track. This is goalie talk, so I'm going to get to it. But regardless, my point being, when taxi squads come into play, if you're going to ask who's going to be the goaltender to come up, it's Spencer Martin, 100%. Spencer Martin not only has been the best goalie in Abbotsford this season, he's going to be that third-string goaltender that the Canucks never signed last season, that they should have signed to have Mikey DiPietro playing games. It was all about penny pinching last year, and that's why Mikey DiPietro sat on the bench and sat in the press box for almost an entire season. Now, people ask me a lot. They ask Mike a lot. They ask everybody, what's hap- what happens to a goaltender's development when he doesn't play for a year? Now, I kind of default to the experts on this, and Ian Clark was like, well, we got a lot of good work in with him, and Mike DiPietro said something similar. Again, saw him at training camp. Looked great. Um, looked like looked like a different goaltender, to be quite honest with you. Looked like a goaltender who'd been molded in Ian Clark's mold, right? And he's had he's had struggles this season. Like he has absolutely struggled this season. He's he's had a tough start to his year. Uh, Archer Silov's been good, but again, not great. I think they're both below nine hundred in save percentage. But again, these are two young goaltenders who need to develop and had a year of development stripped away from them last year. Like again. A lot of talk about what happened to Mike last year. Archer Silov, same thing. Did not play last year. He played one start in Manitoba. He played less than Mike DiPietro last year. And again, two developing goaltenders who need to play games. And Well, yeah, they combined for five starts last year. Exactly. And Mike had four of those. Yeah. So all I'm saying is Spencer Martin's playing games right now in Abbotsford, which is fine. Um, but he shouldn't be playing ahead of Seelovs and DiPietro back-to-back starts. Like, that's unacceptable. Played the last two starts, and he just got a shutout. My guess is Spencer Martin starts the next game as well. Yeah, a couple games on the weekend here. They're in uh, Henderson. No one, I, no one has seen this. They got uh, their bus that they took from San Jose to Henderson. Before we get back to the goalies, crap, what all that. Their bus had hardwood floors on it. Wow. A bus with hardwood floor. Oh, how these guys are living it up. And now they, they take a, a bus with hardwood floor into Vegas. It's pretty nice. Nice. They're playing the Henderson with their silver chrome helmets this weekend. Four o'clock starts Saturday, Sunday. And yeah, I'm with you. Like, I I don't love it, but I do think that, that Seelovs probably won't play this weekend. The no. only time Seelovs has gotten to a game the past couple of weeks was coming in for Mikey DiPietro after he got lit up yeah. for four goals on four on 18 shots. Like Silovs has been had some really good starts to the year. Like he had the the shutout early on. He had yeah. another couple of good games, and he was lit up a few times. And he hasn't really seen the net since then. 
Like he, he's got five games, I think, in total, and one of those is coming in relief. Yeah. That's not good for the 20 year old who really impressed a couple times. And, and there's a lot to like about his game. And, and Mikey DiPietro on the other end, like, man, we were told that we were going to see 50 plus starts from him in a 68 game season. Yeah. We've seen Mike him. was told that too. Yeah. I think he was told that too. And I think that was a big reason for, for maybe not being so worried about last year and thinking, oh man, he only got, you know, the four starts, but he got all this time with Ian Clark. This year, let's see him play just a whack ton of games, right? Yeah. Like every midweek game is his, at least one game on the weekend is his. And we just haven't seen it. And, you know, Trent Cull has told me multiple times that he's very confident in all three of his goaltenders. That's great, but I'm not confident anymore on which one is going to be having the highest NHL potential because you're starting the 26-year-old who doesn't really have a lot of NHL potential instead of the 22-year-old and the 20-year-old who have really super need, high ceilings, have very high ceilings, and, and you would hope that one of the two can make a difference at the NHL level in the next few years, but the development's being taken away from them right now because of the 26-year-old who is playing the best, but... This is a developmental league in the AHL. And that's the thing is it's not, Chris. It's not a developmental league because if it was, Trent Cole wouldn't be trying to win games to save his job because that's what's happening right now. Trent Cole wants to win games because he gets pressure, right? Like there is pressure to win games when they say like, oh, we've got this great team in Abbotsford. They go out and get WHL players that can play in the league. They want to make their team competitive. We we're talking about how they had one of the best rosters in the AHL going into this season and they're losing games. So you have to ask yourself, what's more important? Is it from an organizational standpoint, developing these goaltenders, or do you want to put butts in the seats in Abbotsford and get people out there and have a winning product on the ice? Because for me, the goalie guy, I'm sure you can guess which I'm going to say, but they are worried about getting wins. And right now, Spencer Martin gives them the best chance to win. Which which doesn't make a lot of sense, because we saw Mikey DiPietro in training camp in preseason and he looked excellent. He looked like a different goaltender. Something hasn't clicked for Mikey DiPietro in like during the season. Ten games he's gotten into. Something's missing. Something's off. Like I know the AHL is a very different league. You're going to face a ton of scoring chances in the AHL. There's just a lot of mistakes that are made. Uh, you're going to get a lot of breakaways. I mean, Mikey DiPietro has seen two breakaways on a five on threes. Like while they've been on a five on three, Mikey has seen two breakaways against him this season. So. Like, I, I know it's, it's hard to get into a groove as a goaltender in the AHL, but it, it is kind of wild that Seelovs has been able, or sorry, that Spencer Martin has been able to find a groove while Mikey hasn't. So there are there is some part of it that needs to be on Mikey DiPietro to play a little bit better because he's had a lot of games where he's let in four or five goals and not as many games where he's let in, you know, none or one goal. Like, he's had a couple of pretty good games but just a couple out of the 10 that he's played. So he needs to be a little bit better. He needs to, to me, like he needs to be the one to go out there and steal that spot back. Like the guys, they love to play for Mikey DiPietro. You hear them talk about it uh, in post game when they, when they get a win for Mikey, like a close win, they really know that like they want to win for this kid because he gives it his all at every practice at every game. Mikey really works hard. He works harder than, than probably almost anyone out there on the ice that you see aside from maybe Will Lockwood in the in in Abbotsford at practice. So they want to win for Mikey, but Mikey, he's going to have to be better. Like he's going to have to be much better in the opportunities that he gets. And with CeeLo's playing this well and not having a regulation loss yet this season, it, it, Mikey's going to have to come back and steal it because he's not the starter anymore. Honestly, like he isn't the starter out in Abbotsford anymore. Yeah, you're right. 
And just to just to kind of wrap up goalie talk and tie it back to the Canucks, I was asked this question when I put out this tweet about this situation we're talking about. Who's making this call? Is it Trent Call or is it Ian Clark? Now, Ian Clark, under Travis Green, called the shots when it was the starter uh, in Vancouver. Under Boudreaux, so far, it's seeming like it's the same same kind of thing. Like, Ian Clark is relied on heavily. Obviously, Boudreaux has final call. Yeah, Boudreaux brought it up the other day about why Halak got the start, and that was because Ian Clark said... He, made a gutsy call. He did, and Clark said that he wanted to get a game in before the back-to-back, I guess, for Halak. Yes, because Halak hadn't played in a long time. Right. And that was, that was a good idea. Now, the thing is, it hasn't always been like this in Vancouver, and... It doesn't always work like this around the NHL. There are teams right now who don't ask their goalie coach. Like, maybe they'll get his input, but they're not giving him final say. Yeah, there's like from what here. I've heard, and just chatting with some of the goalie people that I chat with, like, the autonomy that, that Ian Clark has is far above potentially anybody in the NHL. And, and that's good. That's and, a good thing because he's a very smart guy and you, that's the type of person in a similar way to maybe Judd Brackett's a guy you want to give autonomy when it comes to drafting. When it comes to goaltenders, give that to Ian Clark. Give him a real voice on what your goaltenders are moving forward. Maybe that's what they're not having in Abbotsford right now. Curtis Sanford does get a lot. Uh, you know, Trent Cole relies on him a lot and you hear the way that these goaltenders talk about Curtis Sanford. They talk about Sanford like a lot of like Thatcher Demko talks about Ian Clark like that's the way that Mikey's relationship is with Sanford like it's very similar that he absolutely loves working with Sanford so I'm wondering how much Sanford is getting a say for the goaltenders and what you kind of said if Seelovs is or if Martin I keep mixing that up because it's weird to say Spencer Martin we don't say his name a lot on the podcast if Martin is playing this well and getting the best results then that's probably the guy that Trent Cole is going to want to go with because you're right he needs to with so much changes in the organization probably does have to protect his job a little bit. Yeah, and, and that's the thing is this is kind of what I want to say. If the Canucks lose that game against Columbus and Bruce Boudreaux gets his first loss as Canucks head coach, there is a serious chance there that that's the end of Bruce Boudreaux listening to Ian Clark with full autonomy. There's a very good chance that's the end of that. Now, again, I'm not reporting anything, but I do wonder if Curtis Sanford had that same kind of autonomy in Abbotsford and after the team kept losing and Mike DiPietro kept getting lit up, if that autonomy is kind of gone now. Again, not reporting anything, thinking out loud about how the human brain works. The way that I've just heard it from Trent Call, and this is, well, I can report this because this is what I've heard from him, is that like he is going to go with the goaltender that gives him the best chance to win. He said that since the start of the year that he's confident no matter which of the three he's putting out there. And he should be in the AHL, like, you're in the AHL and you're three and you have three goaltenders of that quality, you're in a very good spot. There's a lot of teams around the AHL that don't have goaltenders like that. But you look around the rest of the AHL and you look at teams that have played 23 games and their starting goaltender has played 18 of them and he's a 21 year old kid. That's what you should be doing. Like there's a lot of teams around the AHL where their starter who plays 80 to 90 percent of their games is one of these 20, 21, 22-year-old kids from Finland or Sweden that have just excelled at their junior levels and come over to the AHL because they get a ton of starts. It's pretty strange to see the Canucks, the Abbotsford Canucks, and see the amount of starts that these goalies have been spread out like this. Like It, it does make sense that it's hard for one of them to find a groove. And Mikey's talked about wanting to find a groove all year long. Just really hasn't had that opportunity to do it. And the Abbotsford Canucks play so many games in January. 
They played a lot because they had those rescheduled games into January. January was already a busy month. And now they got the two extra games added in there. That's going to be a really telling tale about when they come out of that month, because February really slows down, then it cranks up again in March. But whatever the amount of starts that DiPietro gets in January, like when, when we come around to February 1st, we, we need to see that. I bet that month of January is going to be very telling for the whole season of Mikey DiPietro. Because if he starts a whack load of games in January, good. They're back on track with where you want to be with Mikey, because you've said it for a long time. Mikey is kind of looked at to be the backup next year. When Halak leaves off of that one-year contract, they're not bringing him back. They're already paying him next year anyways. So it's it makes so much sense for on track to have Mikey be the backup next year. I think, I think January is going to be really telling to see if that's a real possibility because January and March, when we see Mikey get a big run of games, hopefully that's going to tell you if he's going to be ready to become a backup in the NHL next year. That's a big telling tale. Yeah, you're, you're bang on. You're bang on. That wraps the goalie segment. The next thing on our list is Jacob Chikrin and our poll question. We'll get to that on the other side. I think now is a good time to cut to break. Sure. Okay. So with that in mind, we'll talk about that and much more on the other side. Keep it locked. Keep it loaded. Canucks conversation. Winter is quickly approaching, but wait, that means your favorite seasonal brew is back to cheer you up. The Tukes of Hazard is now available across British Columbia and Alberta in their government and private liquor stores. This extra strong brew has a whopping 9.2% alcohol, big hop punch, even bigger body and aroma, and just a touch of white haze. The Parallel 49 fan favorite is smoother than a freshly cleaned ice rink. And a big thank you to our sponsors. Parallel 49, got the uh, Christmas beers coming out. I got to get in contact with them, see uh, what they got fun coming up for the new year. I'm excited to see uh, what Parallel is going to cook up. And uh, we got to get back for another Chicken Burger, man. 1950 Triumph Street. And on top of that, I think I got to record a new ad. That one's a little tacky. It is the the boom boom yeah. boom. It sounds like you're at a disco. Place. I uh, I'm, I'll uh, I'll get on that. I'm going to talk to them and see what they want uh, for the next ad here coming up. But hey, speaking of great sponsors, let's get to our poll question this week. The episode 223 poll question brought to you by Fuel the Fan. Find them on Twitter at Fuel the Fan. Simple as that. Check them out for all your sports memorabilia needs at Fuel the Fan. The shop is on Facebook. You can find it all there. Check out the link on at Fuel the Fan on Twitter's account. Get yourself some last minute, uh, last minute memorabilia for the Christmas time, which is just coming up around the corner. I just uh, just had a had a talk with a girlfriend. We decided what we're going to get you for Christmas. Really? Yes, we're going to turn you into a cultured adult with this gift. Oh no! Yeah. So, uh, anyways, let's get to the poll question here. Does Brock Besser get to thirty goals this season? He is at nine right now. What do you think, quads? The options are yes, no, or I'm angry. And I'll tell you what. I'm angry, you know, a couple more weeks of being under 5%. They're going to get thrown off the polls because nobody's angry anymore. Everyone's in a pretty good mood. Yeah. Brock Besser, 30 goals. Yes, no, what do you think? Well, hey, our 22, episode 222 poll question. People were angry about no prospects, the World Juniors. That's true, you're right. People were angry. So Brock Besser, 30 goals, yes or no? Yep. I'm going to say yes. You think yes? Yeah, because I don't think, like, yeah, the shooting percentage is high and it's probably going to come back down to earth, but... I don't necessarily like I think he's not going to score four goals in six games for the rest of the year. Right. But I do think with Bruce Boudreaux systems and how the Canucks are playing right now. That it's sustainable to an extent. I don't think again, not four goals in six games is sustainable, 
just scoring in general and being that prolific scorer at five on five and being able to chip in on the power play. Mm-hmm. I think that's sustainable for Brock. 21 Bester. more goals in the next 51 games. Yep. I think it's doable. I think that's pretty doable. Like scoring two out of five, scoring two goals every five games. Yeah. With Brock Bester, especially like, like I said earlier in the episode, this this whole thing about him shooting the puck more that Bruce Boudreaux wants. And like I said, we had back-to-back games where he had 10 shot attempts. That shouldn't be a thing where we're like, right on, he got 10 shot attempts. Like, right now it is because he wasn't doing it all season long. But like a month from now, we should be looking at the stat sheets and being like, you know, good, another 10 shots attempts for Brock Besser. He hit the net on seven of them. That's a good night. When we see like a, a 16 shot attempt night, that's where we should be like, Nice. Good to see Brock shooting the puck more because he should be shooting the puck at like on average 10 to 12 times a game. Yeah, no doubt. And and yeah, and I think we'll start to see that with Bruce. So I, I don't think he gets to 30, but I think he touches pretty close to it. I think he gets like 26, 27 goals. I don't think he gets to 30. Listen, everyone's all hype right now. Maybe, you know, everybody's probably right. Thinking that everything's going to be amazing and perfect for the rest of the year. And maybe it is. Maybe the Canucks never lose a game. For the rest of the year, man. Maybe they just don't lose under Bruce Boudreaux. But I President think it's still trophy. pretty tough for uh, for Besser. Even though the way I just spelled it out there, scoring two goals every five games. I mean, that does sound plausible, but I don't know. I don't know if it's going to happen. I think I don't think he's going to get to 30 this year. That's fair. I think he is. Anyways, regardless, go check out Blue Work Sports Memorabilia at Fuel the Fan on Twitter. Lots of good stuff over there. Yeah. Always good stuff over there. Jacob Chikrin. And a good Instagram account, too. They're firing up their Instagram. Lots of clips on there, I've seen. Yeah, lots of clips. Big, big fans. Chitrin, eh? Jacob Chikrin. Right now, Jacob Chikrin. How do you Chikrin. say it? Chikrin. Chitrin is what I say. You say Chitrin? Okay. Yeah. I, honestly, I don't know. I, I barely watched any Arizona games. Dude, I, I was writing that article, and I was like, okay. There, I was like, somewhere in that article, I had to misspell it. Cause like, Did you? Maybe. But like, first of all, it's Jacob with a K. Then Chitrin is just like a string. It's just a, the letters, the way that they're formed. It's a little threw me off a little bit, but I don't think I missed. I, I, I was paying attention pretty hard. Regardless, Chitrin is a left shot D in Arizona on a very good contract, Chris, right now. And for the next three seasons after this, $4.6 million. 23 years old, puts up a ton of goals, has just a Norris quality defense. Wonderful shot. Like yeah. his shot is incredible. And he is a big reason that bumped OEL off of. Uh, the starting you know power play unit for the Arizona Coyotes because Chitron's shot is just so good. Like man, he had a hat trick last year. You know this, this is a really good defenseman uh, playing on a really bad team, and it looks like the sounds of it. Lots of reports that uh, Chitron is looking. The Arizona Coyotes are looking to move on from Chitron and get an absolute haul. Whatever they get back for him, it's going to be a massive haul. Like, yeah. is it crazy to think? That it's a bigger haul than Jack Eichel? No, it is not. I don't think so either. No, I think it is going to be. And a that's why haul. it was really like I wrote that article thinking about it. And I was just trying to I even like I did two different times where I put in a trade proposal for the Vancouver Canucks. And then I finished and I asked some people and they're like, no, that doesn't even come close to getting it done. And then and that was including like Brock Besser, Brock Besser Jack Rathbone, a first round pick. Like it, it just wasn't possible for the Canucks to to really put together anything, like the and, and to worry about salary wise, you have to have either Brock Besser, Tanner Pearson, who has a no no trade contract, or 
uh, you know, I guess Tyler Myers, if you're somehow able to do that, but that's a net negative value. If you're trading Tyler Myers to yeah. the Arizona Coyotes specifically, so you have to add more Brock Besser was the one that would get it started, but it still took like, it still would have taken, I bet like a Niels Huglander and or Vasily pod Colson to go with Brock Besser. And that's just too much. The Canucks just don't have any other prospects of such high value. Like I looked, I looked at the Kings and what they have for prospects. Like you throw an Alex Turcotte in there, you start to add some of these other real high end prospects that they have. Potentially, you can get a deal done, or even look at Minnesota. Like I thought, Minnesota feels like a really good fit. Yeah, you look at Minnesota right now; they're absolutely buzzing through the Central Division. They're looking great. They have obviously some cap problems that start next year. Big cap problem, like Big. Tw- like twelve million dollars of dead cap from a buyout for the Two next buyouts, three. Yeah years uh so that's very tough for them but they also have a lot of money coming off the books next year so it's not like this is like this is possible i think that that would be a crazy landing spot a really good spot for him uh to land and i just don't know if minnesota would be able to handle the cap but they have the picks and prospects to be able to do it so i i'd look at vancouver i just i don't think it's possible like even if you're throwing in like like it would to me like it would have to start with like besser huglander a first round pick and then maybe a Rathbone or a DiPietro, you know, they don't really have like another B level prospect. Like they don't have another B level prospect. Maybe a Will Lockwood. Like it, it would be so much you'd have to give up to get Chitrin. It just doesn't make sense for the Vancouver Canucks. They just don't have the horses to be able to keep up with these other teams' offers and still maintain somewhat of like some depth in your prospect pool. Yeah, and you've got a good write up on it right now at CanucksArmy.com. So people can go read that. We're not going to talk too much more about it. Basically, it's. He's a great defenseman. It'd be cool if the Canucks got him. Probably not going to be able to, just based on what they have. Yeah, he would be amazing as on the Canucks roster. It would be, like I would love Chitrin on the roster. Like it, it would be excellent. It would be. He's such a good defenseman. He's just his like his shot and ability to move the puck is is just elite. Some of the I think one of the best shots from the point in the NHL. His wrist shot is just a laser. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see where he goes. Like I don't want him to go to LA because then he's in the Pacific. Yep. For a long time on a really good deal. So I'd be, I'm going to keep an eye on where he goes. I think Minnesota obviously has a good chance. Uh, the Rangers as well. Like my big three is LA, New York, and Minnesota. Just from like the fit in Minnesota and then the prospect pool on the other two teams. Yeah, fair enough. Leafs, Toronto Maple Leafs in town Saturday night when people are listening to this. It will be Saturday. So we're not going to talk too much about this because we're recording this on Friday like early afternoon on Friday. So things might happen in the meantime, but what we do know right now is John Tavares and Alex Kerfoot are both in COVID protocols. So if the game proceeds on Saturday night, Saturday afternoon, actually 4 p.m. start, if that game proceeds, Alex Kerfoot and John Tavares will not be in the Maple Leafs lineup. Now for the Canucks, they've kind of mitigated their outbreak, it would seem. Tucker Pullman's tested negative twice, since testing positive in the Canucks Tuesday night game against the Columbus Blue Jackets. Uh, that's when the positive test came back, rather, I should say. Um, tested negative twice after that. The Canucks are hopeful that if there's a third negative test, that Tucker Pullman would be allowed to rejoin the team. Right. I found it interesting just, I don't know, maybe I just don't know how the whole COVID testing works, but it's, is it not weird that the Canucks found out all of their tests at like 6 o'clock at night or seven, like literally like seven thirty, probably when by the time the pool one came in. But why do the Leafs find out early in the morning? Are they doing different tests? Yeah, they're just at different times. And no, but I'm also, saying like, and also the Leafs are actually paying out of pocket 
for rapid testing for, rap- for all their players. Well, good for the Leafs then. That's what, yep. that's what I that's kind of what I was asking. It felt strange that the Canucks have to wait all day long till the night till into the game to find out that there's a negative. Well, yeah, but but also test. we should should mention like this this result could have come from a test that was conducted yesterday for the Leafs, right? And they're getting sure. the result back because because the Canucks it just seemed like a till- weird time to get it at like you know it was about one o'clock Eastern time. Well, the Canucks had to wait only because they were they were rapid they they like expedited the test results that were conducted during the morning mm. usually they'd have to wait 24 hours oh, okay but they didn't they they got the result earlier interesting yeah i don't know all this covid testing stuff and it's yeah. it, it's pretty tough watching the league just be you know Absolutely run rampant hit, through it right yeah. now um so testing's conducted every 3 days under the protocols um that's something we do know and that's going to be changing i hope yeah, I think so. I think it might be. Um, the other thing is that right now it seems like all the players that uh, that have tested positive are facing either mild or no symptoms at all, which is a really good sign, especially when you consider what they went through last year. Again, didn't have access to a vaccine last year, which is why so many of them were hit the way they were. But right now, 100% vaccinated all of them. So all of them not facing any symptoms, which is good. Yeah, shows the vaccines are working. They, uh, that's everything that we've heard. We haven't heard anybody uh, dealing with real tough symptoms. I don't think I've heard one story from every guy that's no. been no, under COVID protocol. No, I think protocol. most of the guys in the league are facing like limited to no symptoms, which is great. Which is good. That's good to hear. I did, I, someone, you might have had it worse on your cold last week. Oh, my gosh. I definitely had it worse on my cold last yeah, week. Yeah, you, you were driving down the road. You coughed up so much phlegm, you had to turn around, you said? Yeah, I was, I was on my way to Rogers Arena because I thought I was good to go. Was not good to go. I jumped the gun. Jeez. I turned around and went home. Yikes. Yeah, I'm still I'm still keeping going, man. I haven't gotten a cold in a long time. Haven't gotten the COVID yet, so that's good. It's good. Yeah, I got a COVID test. It was negative, which is good, which is why I'm here. But good. Uh, yeah, other than that, though. I got my booster shot uh, coming up on Wednesday here. It's exciting. Boom, firing in right in there for the booster. Get that thing going. I'll be ready to rock after that. Well, I'm already ready to rock now, but <laughs> get the third one in me. I'm ready to... Take it to the next level. Yeah, you, you, I'll be wearing you, you shorts all December after that. <laughs> Getting ripped on Twitter right now. You post a picture. Of me I there. did. Yeah, I did. Okay, we'll close it out there. Well, let me get a little bit of Abbotsford stuff in first. That's good. So, Guillaume Breezebois gets called up, goes down. Canucks are down to five defensive. Like, we didn't really mention that, but like, Canucks have gone back to back games now with five defensemen and looked really good in those games. And I'll tell you, man, <laughs> that bottom pairing though, at the start of the game of Burroughs and Breezebois, they yeah. were making a lot of mistakes. No, Juleson made a lot of mistakes, but looked okay at times. Like he made some good plays. Yeah, No, Juleson actually, there was a couple of times I noticed him where I was like, Oh wow. yeah. And then there was a couple of times where he just chipped the puck to an opposition player in his own zone. So that wasn't great, but right now going into Saturday's game for both teams, both teams play at four o'clock on Saturday. The Abbotsford Canucks are likely going like whatever happened to Breezeball. We don't really know. We don't really know exactly when Pullman's going to return. So they might need to call up another defenseman. They can only call up Devonte Stevens or Madison Bowie. Those are the only two healthy guys right now. Jet Wu's not healthy. Jack Rathbone's not healthy. So when they call up one of those two guys, if they do, Abbotsford's only going to have seven, like seventeen players. They're not even oh going to. Abbotsford is, does not have enough players to play a game. Like I joked with somebody in the Abbotsford organization, like which one of your goalies is the best, like out of out of net player? Like which which of C loves Di Pietro or or Martin can you know play a defense for you? Because like you're gonna need somebody, and and honestly, they're just gonna have to 
give a call to somebody probably with the Kalamazoo wings and say, Hey, do you want to come up here and play some games in the AHL? Like that's probably what's going to happen here. Cause they literally have not, they can't, they don't have a healthy scratch going into Saturday, which is going to be tough for them. And uh, Klimovich, what did I say on the podcast? The other day? I was all pissed off about it saying they should have gone with Belarus. And I took one for the team. Cause you tell you what you go like that. You say something like that. You send out a tweet, all that stuff. And I said in the bottom part of that thread that I tweeted out being all mad about it. I said, it's all good, though, because he's going to score tonight and, and we'll forget about all this. What does he do? Goes out and scores a goal that night, of course. Gets an assist. His first multi-point game uh, in the AHL. He's got four points. Klimovich does. Four points in his last three games. And then he took the elbow to the face, but he was fine. Uh, heard that it just kind of chipped him in the nose and caught him off guard a little bit. He was bleeding a little bit out of the nose, but he was fine after that. It wasn't uh, concussion or it didn't hit him hard. It just chipped his nose in the wrong way that made him bleed pretty good. So, uh, yeah, good to hear that he's fine. And, yeah, four points his last three games. He's really starting to heat up. You like to see that. Good for him. That's all I got on Abbotsford. All right. I've got nothing else, so I guess that concludes the episode, Chris. Bit of a shorter one here, but nonetheless, a good episode. Yeah. On episode 223. We'll be back next week, another midweek episode tomorrow, or as well, I guess, if you're listening to this in the morning. We'll be on early uh, for Sportsnet 650. Love to uh, see your guys' texts, see your guys' calls. But uh, other than that, yeah, short little episode this week. But uh, we'll be back probably Tuesday or whenever we got to figure out the games. Something early like next that. week. Yeah. Chat a little bit. Christmas is just around the corner, a week away. I, I, I think we'll do, I think we might record on Christmas Eve. No. In the morning? No. We're not, we're taking the Christmas off? Yep. Not giving people a Christmas episode? Nope. All right. We'll see. We'll see what happens. See how I feel. Probably not. All right. Well, I'm done here then. All right. I'm done as well. For Chris Faber, my name is Dave Quadrelli. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of the Canucks Conversation. Thanks for listening to Canucks Conversation. Delivered by DoorDash. Hit the subscribe button to never miss an episode. How about keep it to a thank you, Jim? Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 